You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast, Friday, March 15th, 2019. We close out the week, the first week of free agency, where the Jets have remade their roster. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. And you can breathe easy if you were worried about an Anthony Barr repeat with Le'Veon Bell. He has officially signed with the team, uh, held his introductory session with the media last night, said some pretty interesting things. You know, one of the things that I think is really going to help Sam Darnold is his work in the receiving game. You know, I when I evaluate a move, I always like to see whether there's something that currently exists in the NFL that reminds me of, of something that I'm seeing. So like a draft prospect, if, if there's a draft prospect out there and I see that there's a guy who has a similar skill set, it makes me just feel, it just makes me feel better about the prospect because it, it shows me, okay, what that guy does can work in the NFL. And, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, I can't help but think about how much Todd Gurley's meant to the Rams, how much he's helped Jared Goff out. And Bell had some interesting things to say. Now, he, I mean, he said some stuff that, you know, about the reasons he came to the Jets. We know the reason he came to the Jets was money. That's the reason any free agent goes anywhere. The Jets offered him the most money. Um, and a move that, you know, we talked about it. We've talked about it frequently. A move that I do think makes sense for the Jets. And uh, I think the reason for me, it, it make, one of the big reasons it makes, for, it makes sense for me is something Bell commented on. He talked about how he's going to help Sam Darnold read coverages before the snap. And a back who's a skilled receiver, when you can split him out wide, it forces the defense to kind of tip what it's going to do. Because if you see a linebacker follow him out there, you know it's man coverage because the linebacker's following him. If you if you split him out wide and the corner's on him, it's probably zone coverage because you would not want one-on-one you would, you would not want to waste a corner against a running back so you know, i think he'll, he'll certainly help there he's going to be sam darnold's best friend I, I think if if he comes in in shape if he comes in and is motivated you know certainly a move that that could could do wonders for the jets and you know i, I all i can think about is late last season when you know sam was had that great stretch in december and I just remember thinking, man, Sam's got no help. It, it, the thing that was most impressive was there, outside of Robbie, you know, Robbie Anderson, I, there really were not many Jets who I thought were playing that well during that stretch. And it was just like, you know, the, the pressure, things were breaking down, the pocket was collapsing, Jets were getting mauled in the trenches. None, none of the receivers outside of Robbie were really getting open. And it was just Sam making play after play, throwing tight, tight window passes and you know, evading pressure. So now you have a guy where you can a guy who kind of takes some of the playmaking load off Sam, a guy you can just hand the ball to, watch him break a nice gain, put put in reasonable downs and distances, a guy you can just dump a screen off to instead of, you know, requiring, you know, Sam to make a t- tough read and a tough throw into a tight window to get 15 yards, you can flip it off to Levy Levion, let him run 15 yards on a screen. You know, it's just things that'll help the Jets um so that's officially done. You don't have to worry about it. There's not going to be enough. Not that Le'Veon Bell was going back to Pittsburgh. I think that that door had closed. But in case you were worried, he he is with the Jets. And some other m- relatively minor developments uh, took place on Thursday. We'll talk about them on today's show. I think I said this yesterday. This is to me. This is like the the critical area of free agency for the Jets because the Jets have a lot of holes that they need to fill. 
a lot of critical holes that they need to fill, whether we're talking offensive line, center, whether we're talking you know, pass rusher, whether we're talking corner. You don't want to go into the draft with too many holes because I think that's where you tend to make your mistakes when you go into a draft saying, I need to draft at X position. Um, you know, the Jets, we, we've talked about how much money they've had going in $100 million. It never goes as far as you expect it to. You know, you, this, the teams that give out big money deals, you know, that, that happens quickly in free agency. But I think really think how you win free agency occurs over the next couple weeks, you know, the next the, day, the, the days and weeks ahead where you find the, the value players. The guys that go off the board quickly are not value players. They go off the board because the, they get a deal that they want from a team. It happens right away. The guys who go later on are guys who are not that happy with the deal they're going to get, and they're kind of waiting for something better to materialize, and they realize it's not going to. So I think that that's, you know, this is where the Jets need to strike. I mean, no offense to the Jets, anybody could give Le'Veon Bell. I mean, anybody could, could figure out Le'Veon Bell's a really good player. You know, it's not, not doesn't take a genius to, to sign a guy like that, throw a lot of money at him. What really separates the, the teams that know what they're doing from the teams that don't are the smaller deals that happen at this point of the year, I think. So this is where we have to, uh, this is really where I'm keying in. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know where the Jets are going to go to fill some of these needs, but I do, do think that we'll, we'll find there will be opportunities that will present themselves that we're not even aware of right now. You know, maybe a guy becomes available in the trade market that we're not expecting. Maybe a guy is a surprise cut to fit in, uh, you know, a player somewhere else. So, you know, plenty to keep an eye on. But there, there is some news to discuss uh, from thursday uh there were some and again we're, we're kind of hitting the second wave of free agency so i think you know most of the the top top players have gone off the board the jets have signed a number of them and thursday began i think with a bit of a surprise as the jets announced that they were going to re-sign steve mcclendon and it was a move that i, I think was a surprise because i kind of felt like mcclendon mcclendon was on his way out and the reason i say that is that he was kind of phased out of the defense near the end of last season you know, he really did not play much of a role down the stretch, but the Jets bring him back. It is a one-year deal, $2.5 million, with another potential million dollars in incentives, so it could be $3.5 million. And, you know, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, I don't need to tell you how I feel about Steve McClendon. I think he's a real, you know, I think he's a solid player. I, I, I say this all the time. I can't believe that a team that's so lacked talent as the Jets have over these last couple of years, there could be a guy who's kind of unheralded a guy who's kind of an unsung hero but Steve McClendon who you know not a guy who's going to go out and give you a star level performance every week but a guy who's going to go out there and do his job he'll play you know play a poor he's not going to play every snap he'll play a portion of the snaps but a guy who's going to go out there and do his job effectively and uh, you know I think one-year deal he's not making much money you wouldn't expect him to make much money you wouldn't expect more than a one-year deal I, I think this is a solid move and now you look at the way the Jets are set up on the defensive line you have Leonard Williams, you have Henry Anderson back, and you have Steve McClendon back. So you've not gotten worse on the defensive line. And I think there were some questions, you know, a week ago about what was going to happen because Jets only Williams was really the only starting caliber player we knew of that was under contract. So now the Jets have brought back the defensive line. Anderson had a good year last year. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been as surprised because the coaching staff that did that phase McClendon out is gone. So maybe the new co coaching staff liked him a little bit better, but you know, I think I a move that I think is pretty solid. I've moved that you're not going to get me to complain about Steve bringing Steve McClendon back. Um, I, I think I'm pretty clearly in the camp of being a McClendon fan. I think, I think I'm pretty established, pretty much established that I like this guy. I think he does a, he does a good, he doesn't, he, he does the dirty work. He doesn't do, you know, he doesn't really 
flash much. You don't you don't notice him much, but he does a really solid job in the trenches. So I think as, you know we talk about this second wave of free agency finding the guys who are going to be the role players, the contributors, guys who will help you fill holes. McClendon's the type of guy I have in mind. Locked on Jets podcast on this. Friday, uh, March 15th, 2019, we're talking as free agency moves on, an active free agency for the Jets, no surprise. Uh, we talked Steve McClendon signing. Jets signed Brian Poole as well, uh, kind of a slot corner from the Falcons. And, I mean, oh, look, I told you yesterday, I talked about him yesterday, I said I hope the Jets don't sign him, but they did. Uh, so gets a one-year deal for $3.5 He was a guy Atlanta could have re-signed cheaply and decided not to. I mean, they were under a bit of a cap crunch, but I feel like if you really want to re-sign a slot corner, you can do it. Um, I, I kind of get why they're doing this, because the guy has a reputation for being a good blitzer, so maybe he reads blocks well. Greg Williams can run an attack-style defense. I mean, I, I don't love it. It's not the end of the world, though. I get why they, I kind of get why they did it. I think that I'm kind of pulling for Perry Nickerson to go win the slot job though. Cause I like pool much better as kind of a dime back or you, you move around a little bit. If he's a good blitzer, then, then you, it's easier to send that guy in and sub packages and blitz. So maybe I'm more of a guy who's going to compete with Perry Nickerson and I'll be pulling for Nickerson in that competition. You know, I think, well, this will be a big year for Nickerson. You know, nobody expects much out of round six player as a rookie. And he, he look, he looked like he had some trouble, but you know, can he grow? A lot of a lot of people love that pick. A lot of people loved him in the, the sixth round. So can he grow into something? We'll find out. So I, you know, I, I kind of get why they'd bring in a veteran who, and it's not like he's that expensive, three point five million for a guy. And again, slot corner is like a starting position in the NFL. I mean, there's a little too much of Buster Screen in this guy's game. Where you know, I mean, one of the things I don't love is like the I, I keep hearing this people say, "Well, this guy's weakness is coverage." Well, that's not a great thing to be weak at when you're a corner. You know, I'd rather have my corner be great in coverage and bad as a blitzer because corner is a position where you play coverage. But, you know, I'm thinking this through. I mean, I don't hate the idea of bringing in the veteran to compete with Nickerson if that's the plan. But I think that this guy, I would prefer, I think it's better for the Jets if Poole becomes a dime guy rather than a guy who... You know, as a full-time starter, I think. You know, I still think the Jets need to do some work at corner. I, I don't love what, and this is again is something that maybe I think maybe they can address a little bit in the second wave of free agency. Because I mean, I, you look at this group of corners right now; it's still pretty weak. Uh, so I think there, there's still some work to be done. Pool will be in the mix now. In other news, the Jets uh, make a cut that's not a surprising cut, considering the fact they signed Le'Veon Bell. And that's Isaiah Crowell. Crowell, of course, signed a year ago in free agency from Cleveland, and they uh, they open up uh, three mil- three million around three million dollars in cap space. Two million dollars remains in dead money. They cut him after a year. Yeah, uh, you know, what can you say? It just did not work out. I, I was disappointed that this did not work out. I was hoping Crowell would go come in and do a solid job. I was I have to be honest. I was disappointed with how he played this year. And I think you know we're you're talking about opening up at three million, opening up three million in cap space. It, it makes sense because, like the Jets are giving Bell a lot of money, and they're giving Bell a lot of money to be a three-down back, and because Bell is a guy who does it all. Bell is one of the few do-it-all backs in the league, which makes makes which means it makes less sense to have a guy like Crowell around. Crowell is more of a you know one B kind of back when he's at his best. He's a guy who he was kind of he's part of a rotation. So there's not really going to be a rotation with the Jets. It's going to be Bell, 
Bell's only going to come out of the game when he's tired, when he needs a rest. Bell's going to get a tremendous. I mean, I hope I hope Le'Veon Bell is ready to be the guy. He wants to be the guy. He's going to get to be the guy. He's going to be used heavily. And as I understand it, Adam Gase kind of likes the, the do it all back anyway. He he kind of prefers the third down back. If you know he had if he had his say, he'd want the third down back. Uh, you know, Crowell, he. Had a great game against Denver. I mean, I guess you can say thank you for the Denver game. He had a, he had a great debut in week one against Detroit. And he had a, stellar, a spectacular game against Denver. You know, one of the great rushing games in Jets history. He, he did a great job in that game. The rest of the time, you know, not so good. You know, I, I, I liked the way he ran. I liked when I first saw him. I liked the way he ran. He was a hard runner. I was hoping they'd be able to utilize him more in the passing game. And look, I mean, it was a, it was Crowell did not have the best circumstances between Jeremy Bates as your offensive coordinator, between the offensive line the Jets were running out there, and then he suffered an injury. But it just, you know, you were expecting more. So I, I can't complain about uh, – I can't complain about I, I probably would have cut Crowell too. I think he, he just did not do enough when he was out there. And I, you know what I'd love to see the Jets add? And if, you're, if they're going to go out and get another back, I'd love to see the guy who's like very skilled as a receiver and you know run some packages where you have Bell, who's a great receiving back, along with another receiver. That's that's something I'd like to see. Um, so yeah, Crowell, Crowell really did not fit fit in the mix, so he is on his way out. Locked on Jets podcast coming at you on this Friday. You know, we have not talked about the guys who have signed in other places with the Jets um, earlier in the week, the first day of. You know, the legal tampering period, the Bears announced they signed Buster Screen to a fairly healthy deal, I think around $6 million a year. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that, Chicago. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Um, Falcons signed James Carpenter. You know, it just shows you the fact, the fact, the fact the Falcons signed James Carpenter shows you the issues teams have with the offensive line in the NFL because James Carpenter has not been that great the last couple of years. Now there's a t- there's a connection because Dan he was in he was in Seattle, Dan Quinn Atlanta, Atlanta's head coach used to be the coordinator in Seattle, so there's a connection there, but the fact that you know Carpenter got off to a good start with his Jets career, you know, the, the signing looked pretty good 2 years in. He gave the Jets two good years out of 4, I think. Uh but and he was, you know, he's been pretty bad the last 2 years, but even the fact he's been pretty bad the fact he has any track record of success means that some team's going to go want him. Some team's going to want to pick him up. So Carpenter uh, is in the uh, – it's still in the NFL. He signs with the Falcons. And then the Patriots pick up a couple of former Jets. Um, Terrence Brooks, who, you know, as we say, thank you for the Denver game, I- Isaiah Crowell. Thank you for the Miami game in 2017, Terrence Brooks, where he had a couple of interceptions, one of which came on a fake punt. I mean, he was okay. He, I guess he helped a little bit on special teams. Not shedding a tear over that loss. So, you know, purely a depth player, a special teamer. I, I don't think I would have brought him back. And that, but the other move, the other move the Patriots do make is they do pick up Mike Pinnell. And you know, I'm a little dis. It's not the end of the world that New England got this guy, but I would have liked to have seen him. Back. I thought he played pretty well during his Jets career. I mean, he had a couple memorable penalties in 2017 that hurt the team, but. I thought he was a pretty good player, and again, he kind of usurped the McClendon role late in the season. He would not have that much of that big of a deal. I would not have been upset to see him come back. I was a little surprised they let him go. I and when they did not pick up his option, I figured they would bring him, try and bring him back for cheaper. But anyway, so he goes up north to the, to the uh, Evil Empire. So that's that's how that goes. I, I I wouldn't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed. I don't think that this is uh, necessarily a catastrophic situation for the Jets. I don't think that. 
well, I mean, New England's going to be good, we know, no matter what. But, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's not as big of a deal as, like, Revis signing in New England five years ago. But I'm a, i got to be honest, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he quietly did a very solid job in his two years with the Jets. I would have liked to have him back for the rotation. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I think interior, I think decent interior linemen, it seems like one of those positions that's not that tough to fill in the league. You know, it's not that tough to find a rotational guy in the league. And again, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Williams, Anderson, McClendon. I mean, I think that there are, there are positions that where I have some concern for the Jets. I think they've done a decent job on the offensive line this this week. And yeah, I mean, you hope Nathan Shepard year two things will click for him. I think things kind of have to click for Nathan Shepard year two. So you know, hopefully with a year to kind of get technique under his belt, uh, year of practice. I, th- I think just one year in the NFL can be a big deal for a lot of guys. Where you know, you forget how much these rookies go through. Where it's like you're 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 a pro for the first time. You're going up against guys who are much stronger than you're used to playing. Guys who are much more athletic, much faster than you're used to playing. Uh, it's just there, there's an adjustment period. There's, there's the all the practice time, the play. It's just a lot to to get. So I think it's tough. It, it, you forget how tough it is for you know when I always when I say never count on a rookie pass round two to contribute. There's a reason for that. Um, it's really tough, and really the, the the only guys who contribute are the truly exceptional players who who can get everything under their belt quickly enough to contribute year one. It's really tough. Most rookies don't don't give you a whole lot year one. So maybe Nathan Shepard's a guy who you'll see pick things up this year. Uh, you know, and there there could be other guys. You know, there are other guys under the radar, and that's part of the process. I think for any good team, you need guys you're not expecting to contribute to contribute. And you know, you talk at corner how with the Jets. I mean, what the Jets have right now on paper is a little nerve wracking. But you know, can Derek Jones emerge? I'm asking. I'm not saying he will, but you know he's a guy who played a very strong preseason last year. Was maybe this the year things to come together for him? That's what the Jets are going to need. So you know, as much as we talk about free agency, and I do think finding value players in th- this time of year is important. It's also going to be about developing value players for this new coaching staff. Guys like your Shepherds, your your Joneses, guys like that, who can step into a role that we're not expecting to step into a role and be able to contribute. So that's something that we'll, that we'll watch for as the season starts in a few months. But anyway, thank you for listening to our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and leave the show a good review review in iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week.